Good morning, church family. It's good to see all of you. Those of you online, it's good to see you as well, I guess. I don't know who you are. But I know the Lord does, and we are all together as his children. Amen? Amen. I just want to say thank you as a church for your continuing giving with the money, uh, and you drop it in the towers as you leave. That seems to be the case anymore. But I tell you, the Lord has blessed us as a church, and that means a lot to us. Also, too, the connection cards that are in front of you in the pews. We just ask if you could just fill that out, if you could, just to let us know that you're here. Any prayer requests you could put on it, we will pray over them. But uh, any guests that are with us, just uh, let us know that you're here and that we can get a chance to meet you. In your bulletin, you will see this white piece of paper. It's always informative, and there are some things that are some key issues that we do not want you to forget, okay? And the first one is starting tonight, we have the Youth Grill and Chill, which will be at the Mitchell's house. And I guess for those of you who are in 7th to 12th grade, uh, the party's at the Mitchell's house tonight. And I just live down the street, and I just might join it. I don't know. But tomorrow morning, gentlemen, we got our men's ministry. We're going to continue. We're looking forward to it. Charlie's ready to flip those pancakes. And we're going to have celebration of just uh, partaking in some good food. Some fil Pardon? It is from 9 o'clock to 1030. Thank you, Sergio. Appreciate that. <laughs> he knows my memories about that long. But it's important to know at 9 o'clock to be here, that's for sure. And then also, too, you can see that our last picnic in the park is next Sabbath on the 4th. And uh, I just pray that the smoke will leave and then we'll have opportunity to fellowship as well. And that is always a blessing. This morning, I just want to share with you one thing, if I could. Um, our brother John Smith has gone through some difficult times. And Alice had informed me this morning it was iffy, but the last notification is John will be going home today. Yeah. He'll be going home to hospice care. Uh, he's fought a good battle. And he has stated the fact that he will like visitors. But please keep in mind that he can only be really visiting for a short period of time. He's very weak. It might be best to give Alice a call to find out when the best time would be. But I'll tell you, John is a trooper. He is a fighter. And when I saw them this week, he was weak and had difficulties, but yet he spoke from his heart. He knows the Lord. And he's at peace because God's will is being done no matter what he looks like. And I think I want to remind each one of you, if you can just continue to keep John and the family in your prayers. I feel so impressed right now. Let's just pray for that family as we sit here this morning. Our Heavenly Father, I just pray that you surround our brother John. Be with Alice, Paul, Stephen through this difficult time. John is such an inspiration to all of us. He's a fighter, and he's ran a good race. But now as he comes to the point of going home, um, we just pray that you continue to give him strength and courage. Give Alice that as well, and the boys reassure them that you are still in charge no matter what the outcome. You are still in charge, Father. 
And we rest upon that because of the promises that you give to us. And I just thank you for hearing our prayers and continuing to surround this family in a special way. And may we also surround this family with arms, love, and affection. In your name I pray, amen. At this time, I'd like to take about 30 seconds to stand up, greet, and meet those around you and just welcome them to God's house this morning. Everybody can make their way back to their seats, but if you are a young person, I would like to invite you to make your way up front. <laughs> Sergio, you don't qualify. <laughs> make your way up front, and I have a special story. And look what I have for those of you that remember from a couple weeks ago. What's this, Lucas? Uh, a microphone. Oh, a microphone. What's this right here? A mom bag. A mom bag. What is it? A mom bag. A mom bag. And what's in the mom bag? Uh, a surprise. That's right, a surprise. So, so you're going to have all your friends come up here so they can see the surprise in the mom bag? Come on. Oh, there we go. We got three. That's okay. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit down up here with you guys. Oh, here comes some more. We got some more. And you know what? You guys might want to sit down here because you're going to look at a picture up here on the screen. So why don't you sit down here and face this way? And Brandon's going to put a picture up there on the screen. It's a really, really cool picture. Maybe. Oh. Can you tell what that is? That's. What if you were going to take a bath? The blue, you guys all want the blue one. You think the blue one's better? Yes. How come? Because it's cleaner. It's cleaner. That's right. The blue one's cleaner. And for some reason, this one is dirty. 
And even when they come together, they kind of stay separated. Is there fishies in the water? There probably is. I bet the fishies like the blue one better, though. Yeah. Well, you know what? In Sabbath school today, we talked a little bit about a man named Captain Naaman. And what did Captain Naaman have all over his body? He had spots all over his body. And even though Captain Naaman did not pray to Jesus, he wanted those spots gone so bad, he thought, I'm going to get some advice. And he wanted to get some advice from the prophet, and the prophet was going to listen to God. So he was going to take some advice to, from God. And you know what the advice was given to him? The advice was, I need you to go wash in the river seven times. But you know what the river looked like that he was supposed to wash in? Do you think it was blue or brown? It was the brown one. He was supposed to go take a bath in that brown one, and he was supposed to dip down in it seven times. And Captain Naaman said, who would give me that kind of advice? Boy, that, that God that you guys worship, I don't know about his advice. His advice doesn't sound like it's very good advice. Do you think God gives us good advice? I think he does too. Even though sometimes we may question it, that's okay. But God, we can trust that God gives good advice. And you know what Captain Naaman did? Captain Naaman was going back home and he said, uh, at first he said, oh, I'm never going to get in that dirty brown water yuck. But as he was going along, he changed his mind and said, well, what's it going to hurt? I can, I can clean off when I get home. And so he went, and he went down into the water, and he dipped down one time, and he came up. There were still spots. And two times, still spots. Three times, four times, five times, six times. And guess what happened when he came up the seventh time? There was no spots. He was healed of his spots because he had listened to God, and he. Tr I think he trusts God now. Now, do you think the next time that God gives him advice or somebody gives him advice that is listening to God, he's going to listen? I think so, too. Now, I have something in the mom bag for you guys to take back to your chairs. So maybe the moms can listen just in case you need help. Each of you is going to get a bag. And in the bag is four things. A bottle of water, a little sticker that says God's advice is the best. There's some markers. So the first thing you'll do is you'll color in your sticker. And then you can take your sticker and put it on your bottle. And then in your bottle, in your bag, you also have some glitter glue. So you are going to open your water. You have to take a little bit of drink out of it so it doesn't overflow. I already put stuff in this, so I'm not going to drink it. But you open it up, take a drink, and then you can squeeze this glue into the bottle, put the lid back on, and you're going to see floaty stuff in there. The water's going to be kind of dirty, 
kind of like that, except it's going to be a pretty dirty. It's going to be glitter dirty. And then you can take this home and you can remember that God always gives great advice. And you'll see this water and you'll think about Captain Naaman and how he washed in the dirty water and followed God's advice and he was healed of his leprosy. All right? Okay, so grab a bag. And then if you bring me your water bottle and it is, you take it back to your seat and you can do this at your seat and your water bottle is colored all pretty, I also have a special treat in this mom bag that you can get. All right? Oh, take it back to your seat and then open up. And then we're going to listen to pastors. Oh, we're going to sing some songs. Thank you, Keeney. All right, let's take some time to pray now. So I invite you to kneel or assume a posture of reverence. Our Lord God, Heavenly Father, we are here to worship you as we are in love with you. We offer our thoughts, words, and songs to you, even though they are meager compared to your majesty. Please soften our hearts and purify our intentions so that you may interpret these as beautiful tributes. Sin makes us unworthy of your favor, but your son allows us to be royalty in your kingdom. We are here today to try and fathom this miracle. We have all sinned and fallen short. God, please forgive us and renew a right spirit in our souls. Bind us to your heart so that we may always relate to others with your audacious love. Bless this Richland Church family with patience, passion, and unwavering hope. To you, we uplift those who are sick, including Dr. Smith. May they find comfort and healing. In the midst of these troubling world events, when our collective and individual decisions have broad ripple effects, lend us your wisdom Guide us down these uncertain corridors with so many doors and choices. Lead us back if we walk through the wrong ones. We truly desire to seek the way, the truth, and the light. As we worship today, Father, work on our unholy obstinance through sermon and soothe our caustic shame through music. Your love delivers us from certain ruin 
So we humbly and eagerly accept the gift of your salvation in our worship today. We pray these things in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. you to stand with us as we sing, as we worship and praise. Keeney talked about some water. We're going to sing about water here. I don't know whether it's clean or dirty, but I know it's holy water. Give me. 
like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a symphony to my ears. It's like holy water. Your forgiveness It's like sweet, sweet honey on my lips Oh, yes it is It's like the sound of a symphony to my ears It's like holy water on my skin It's like holy water on my skin It's like holy water song now and I say new song it's new doing it here this song's about three years old so a lot of you may know it already I was watching a little video on the story behind this song uh, the gentleman who wrote the song his name is Mark Hall and uh, he was talking about it, it talks about a legacy and he was talking about do we really want to leave a legacy and one of the examples he used was David. He said, David didn't go out to meet a giant, didn't go out to be a hero. David was looking at God and doing what God wanted him to, and a giant got in the way. So that's kind of what the story of the song is about. We're going to learn it now. I'm going to have Chloe sing through the chorus once for you, and then we'll have all of you sing it with her, all of us sing it with her. And then we'll go through this, the whole song, okay? Let's go ahead and go.
Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself, dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. And all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the lie that it was up to me to make a name the world remembers. is the only name to remember. And I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me. Only Jesus. And I've only got one life to live. I'll let every second kingdoms built, all the trophies won, will crumble into dust when it's said and done, cause all that really matters is did I live the truth to the ones I love, was my life the proof that there is only one whose name will last forever? second point to him only Jesus Jesus is the only name Jesus is the only name
I like that song. That's beautiful, man. We'll have to do that one again. Thank you so much, worship team, for soothing our hearts. I love it. Thank you so very much. How's everybody doing this morning? We're good. It's great to see you. It's nice to be here in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. I remember a story that I had heard. I was a pretty new believer, and we had a guest speaker come to our church. His name was Elder Merlin Kretschmar. And Elder Merlin Kretschmar was the president of the conference at that time. I understand he actually spent some time in this conference before he came there. And so some of you may actually know who Merlin Kretschmar was. Maybe you've heard my wife Nancy talk about her work with his wife Juanita Kretschmar. And uh, they really had a big impact in our lives. But I remember him uh, tell this story. He used it as an illustration in one of his sermons that I probably forgot before we sang the last hymn. The illustration stuck, but the sermon was lost to me. Does that make sense? Uh, And maybe you've heard this before. He talked about a time when the UN was actually holding this conference in New York City. And people from all over the world had gathered to discuss these global issues. And at lunchtime came, and uh, two participants decided to go and partake of one of those very famous, expensive New York City deli sandwiches. And if you've ever been to New York City and had one of their deli sandwiches, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Nancy and I went there. Many, many years ago, we ordered two sandwiches, like two little sandwiches. They were actually named after certain actors. I don't know what it was, but it was just what we wanted. I got the bill. It was like $45 for two sandwiches. I was like, I'm not getting the pickles next time. That's it, man. It's just not worth it. But they went, and one of these men was a Native American from the Navajo Nation. And on that day, New York City uh, was its usual hustle and bustle, hectic assortment of sirens, crowd noises, honking horns, taxi squealing. You know, just if you've ever been to New York City, that's what it's like. And as they're walking, the native stops abruptly and he goes, did you hear that? (laughs) And his friend goes, hear what? I mean, what are you talking about here? I mean, everything is so loud. You know, let me know what you're thinking. What do you, what do you hear? And he goes, listen, listen carefully. That's a cricket. And his friend says, there's no way on earth that you're hearing a cricket here. And he goes, no, I'm telling you, that's a cricket. And he walks across the street. And as he's walking across the street, he sees a big planter with a big bush in it. And he looks under the bush. And sure enough, there was a cricket in there. His friend was absolutely stunned. He goes, that is just unbelievable. You must have like superhuman ears to be able to hear something like that. How on earth did you hear that? He goes, oh, no, no. He says, my ears are not any different than anybody else's ears. In fact, your ears are probably better than mine. But we hear what we want to hear. He says, you see, here's the situation. People hear what they want to hear. Let me illustrate it, he says. And he reaches into his pocket in that same city, takes out a bunch of coins, holds them up, and drops them. 
And as they tinkle to the ground, you guessed it, everybody within a block turned their heads. Because that's what they were used to hearing. And he goes, you see what I mean? We notice and we hear what we are attuned to notice. Do you believe that? Here's what I believe. I believe that that attuning becomes more and more instinctual. What I mean by that is it becomes an automatic reaction. It happens in the deep recesses of our minds. We see and we hear what we have been trained to see and hear. We see and we hear what we want to see and to hear. And social media and TV media have become massively influential in shaping the diet that nurtures many of our souls. How are we doing this morning? Have you noticed how noisy the world has gotten? You remember the old MasterCard commercials? I saw one the other day. I love this one. It said, 18-speed bike, $525. Portable pup tent, $90. The longest paperback you could find, $9.99. Seven days without internet, priceless. I think we all thirst for truth. We all thirst for knowledge, especially conscientious believers. We've all heard that knowledge is power. And I strongly believe in education, and I strongly believe in being informed. Don't misunderstand what I'm going to say, but I believe that these days, more knowledge is becoming overpowering. In our thirst for knowledge, we must be careful not to drown. For some of us, the internet and social media has turned us into lab rats, constantly pressing the levers to get the tiny pellets of social, political, or intellectual nourishment. Do you understand what I'm saying here? The more we diet on this social media or TV media or any kind of media, the more our decision-making becomes undermined and we are bombarded on all sides. More information is generated in a single day that can be absorbed in a lifetime. And quite honestly, as you read all this, as you study it all, in fact, I was talking to somebody just in the back. It's like you get all this different stuff from different, and everybody's got a good point. And so you don't know what is right, what is wrong, what is true, what is not. And how on earth are you going to be able to actually get some sound advice? I know a few years ago, my wife Nancy talked about a Netflix program called The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. If not, I would highly recommend it. It was a documentary drama on how technology companies have manipulated human psychology with dire consequences for our society. The employee interviews are the most interesting part. They explain how their companies develop technology that so effectively manipulates the human psyche 
and express their regrets. These employees express their regrets over what they unleashed and their warnings is dire. In the film, there was a former Facebook executive by the name of Tim Kendall that says that the biggest short-term worry is civil war. Have you not noticed the division among people these days? People that trusted each other. People that loved each other. And, and what, what happens is that as they are watching these and, and reading these social bites, the algorithms say, oh, that's what she likes. Oh, that's what he likes. And then that's all that pops up on their pages. That's how manipulative it is. We are drowning in information while starving for wisdom. One of the most telling aspects of the program was that each and every one of them, whether they worked for Google, Apple, Facebook, it didn't really matter. They all do not allow their children to use that media. Pretty interesting, isn't it? So what's the answer? What can we do about it? We're going to be doing a two-part series, part one today and part two next Sabbath, called Sound Advice, that hopefully will give us some, some things to think about, some things to be able to do that will help us to protect ourselves from the onslaught. Is that okay? Because the one thing that I am so passionate about is to make sure that our family, regardless of what our differences are, and that's okay, by the way. Differences enrich us. They shouldn't impoverish, impoverish us. Just made up a word. I don't know. But anyway, differences should be something that we embrace amongst each other and say, hey, we can agree to disagree, but they should never, ever divide us as a family of God. Would you not agree with that? I love this from the message, 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 and 2 says, the Spirit makes it clear. Paul says, this is, Paul speaking to Timothy says, the Spirit makes it clear that as time goes on, some translations say that in the last days, <clears throat> some are going to give up on the faith and chase after dynamic, demonic illusions put forth by professional liars. These liars have lied so well and for so long that they've lost their capacity for truth. Both sides. Ten sides. <laughs> Let's be honest. Because we're more worried about convincing others of what we believe than what the truth really is. A little later in that same chapter, verses 6 through 8, 
Paul is still talking to Timothy. He says, you've been raised on the message of faith and have followed, what? Sound teachings. The message of faith, sound teachings. Now pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there, and you'll be a good servant of Jesus. And I particularly like the next part. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. He says, exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Work out in the gymnasium are useful. But a disciplined life in God is far more so. Making your fit both today and forever. You can count on this. Take it to heart, he says. Some versions say, you know, bodily exercise profiteth little. But the word of God is forever. I, I like that. I don't know. Maybe. All kidding aside, I think, I think we need to be able to be physically healthy and emotionally healthy and intellectually healthy and most of all, spiritually healthy. Reading what somebody else wrote about God can certainly be helpful at times. No doubt about that. But at the end of the day, what will matter is your connection with God. It's time that we pick up the Bible, the Word of God, and read it slowly. Absorb it slowly. These other books are great. Listen, don't misunderstand me. But I think, I think what happens is we become dependent on other people's opinions of what God said. And some of them are fantastic opinions, but at the end of the day, God wants to speak to Sergio. God wants to speak to you personally. When I was raised a Catholic, I believed that the only way that I could speak to God was through a priest. One of the most beautiful truths that I learned when I became a Seventh-day Adventist is that I could speak to God personally, and God could speak to me personally. I didn't need somebody in between. So when was the last time you heard and you recognized the voice of God in your heart? Have you ever heard God talking to you? And I don't necessarily mean audibly, although some have. And, and, and don't admit that out loud here because somebody may want to take you to a psychiatric ward. I understand that. It could happen, though. But I know that God speaks to me. And I hear his voice. I know that. I've heard him. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says what? For I know the plans. This is a very famous Bible text. Every time I go and do a week of prayer somewhere, this is what they live. This is like their motto, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And then he says, then you will call, you will call me and come and pray to me, you. And I will what? Listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I know I've had times when I've opened the Bible after reading it for decades and I said, God, I don't understand what this is saying. Please help me to understand. 
And I don't want to read what anybody else says, please, God, you tell me. And I remember I, there's been times when I've had just, just, just struggled with that text and, and, and prayed over the text and said, God, please. And sometimes it would, it would be during the day that something would happen, and I'd be like, huh, now I get it. I love the way God speaks to us. In John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus says, my sheep, what? Listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep, what? Listen. It is really an amazing, is it? Is it really? Is it really possible to hear and recognize God's word? Is it? And when you hear it, when you know and recognize that it's God's word, isn't it the most awesome feeling inside? And sometimes those words are, well done, good and faithful servant. Sometimes those words are, this is the way you should go. And sometimes those amazing words are, you are the man. But it doesn't matter which ones they are. The fact that I hear God speaking to me tells me that God still loves me. I love the story of Abraham. After so many years and following God and believing the promise, 90 plus years old and his wife about the same age. And they finally have a baby. You know the story. It's a wonderful story. And Isaac is born. And when he's 10 years old, God says to Abraham, I need you to take Isaac, your only son, and I need you to sacrifice him. Do you know what I would have said? This is the devil speaking. Because only false gods ask for human sacrifice. You ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about, wait a minute, how well did Abraham know that God's voice, that he would recognize God's voice, and even God saying something as weird as, I need you to take your son and sacrifice him, to say, that's God. That's weird. That's strange. I don't get him, but it's God. How many times have you said that? That's weird. That's strange. I don't get him, but it's God, right? But we, we want to be sure. One thing that Abraham was sure of is that God is good and that he had a plan and that his plan for him was good, that his plan was a plan to prosper him and not to harm him, a plan to give him hope 
and the future. And this was his future. And he's sitting there going, I don't get it, but I know that God will provide. How? Because Abraham could recognize the voice of God. Today we would say it's not biblical. But I believe that God wants to speak to each and every one of us. Like he spoke to Abraham. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to listen to God in the next few weeks. Give you some sound advice. Does that sound fair? So let me give you a couple of quick things now and then we're going to call it quits. Because one of the things I've learned is that your ears are only as good as your bottom. So <laughs> stay with me just a little bit longer. The first thing... This sounds so simple, but I, I, I'm amazed how hard it is for me and for so many of you. It is an unbelievable thing. Sometimes we need to stop talking and just listen. It is really, truly impossible to talk and listen at the same time. Maybe impossible is a little bit strong, but you know what I'm saying. Some of us have gotten so good at it, right? Some of us are watching TV while we're on the internet, while we're on the phone, while we're talking. It's amazing to me what we can do as humans. We call it multitasking, and we champion it, you know. The reality is, God says in Psalm 46, 10, be still and what? And know that I am God. It's almost as if he knew that we would all be plagued with this need of stimulus. Have you ever prayed, said some things to God, and then said, so what do you think, God? It's even uncomfortable in here, isn't it? <laughs> I love Eli's advice to Samuel. And Samuel said, you know, I, I, you keep waking me up. <laughs> Eli said, listen, go lie down. And when God calls, here's what you say. Speak, Lord, for your servant is what? Listening. And then listen. Some of us must learn to monitor the talking to listening ratio. My mom used to say in Italian... You have two ears and one mouth. Use them proportionately. Sometimes some of us don't talk with words but with actions. Sometimes some of us are too busy to listen. Some of us create busyness so we don't have to listen. How are we doing, okay? So, let me give you some advice here. 
learn to custom design an approach <clears throat> that, that would work for you that would still your racing mind. Ask him questions and listen. Ask him specific questions and expect answers. Questions that have to do with your life. I, I don't know what they are in your life, but like, what's the next step in my life, God? What should I do to communicate better with my children? With my spouse? And listen. What do you want me to serve, God? And listen. What direction should my dating relationship go? And listen. What gift should I give Pastor Sergio this year? No, just kidding. <laughs> and listen carefully. Here's what happens. Some of us kind of get to a point where we assume the answer. I love the story about Franklin D. Roosevelt. The story is told that Franklin Roosevelt, who often endured long receiving lines at the White House after he gave a speech, he complained that no one really paid attention to what he was saying. One day during a reception, he decided to try an experiment. To each person who passed down the line, he shook their hands and he murmured, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And people came by and the guests responded with faces like, marvelous, keep up the good work. We are so proud of you. God bless you, sir. I murdered my grandmother this morning. Wonderful. It was not till the end of the line while greeting the ambassador from Bolivia that his words were actually heard. I murdered my grandmother this morning. And without hesitation, the ambassador leaned over and whispered, I'm sure she had it coming. <laughs> Practice Number two now, practice distinguishing God's voice from all the other sounds. I mean, when was the last time, not church now, that you turned off your TV or your phone or your computer? I'm talking to myself too, by the way. I mean, I'm one of these guys that I'll take my phone everywhere. I have my phone by my bed. I have my phone when I'm eating. I have my phone when I'm getting rid of what I've eaten. eaten. I have my phone everywhere. That's terrible. Can I just tell you that? And so if I don't respond so quickly to you in the next few months, don't think it's because I don't care. But maybe it's because I'm practicing what I'm preaching. Is that okay? Amen. When do you turn off the soundtracks of your mind, the toxic voices from your past? How often do you go out in nature and listen to God whispering? See, here's what I realized. If I cannot hear the warble of the birds, how can I hear the word of truth? We've had some owls in our backyard. And, and, and now every time I go outside to throw out the garbage or something, I hear them talking to each other. 
from tree to tree. It's pretty cool. And I listened for it. I try to listen for, 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 for crickets now, see if there's any out there. If we cannot hear the wind moving gently through the trees, how can we expect to hear the wind of the Spirit in our hearts? If we have quit smiling at the laughter of children at play, maybe we have quit taking delight at the God who loves us. Some churches are more worried about the carpet than they are about the happiness of their kids. When was the last time you heard the voice of God through the people that love you? I am amazed today how many people would rather listen to what social media says than the people that love them. Comforting words, challenging words, words of advice. When was the last time you heard the voice of God through that inner voice of the Spirit, the impressions that you get sometimes, and you know it's God? Nancy and I last week uh, had the privilege of being in Nebraska. Never been to Nebraska before, by the way. Nebraska and Kansas, we checked off two states. Got to speak to some amazing teenagers. I love being able to visit schools. Unshackled, because I could just tell it like it is. I go home afterwards, like, hey, you're stuck with them. God bless you, you know. <laughs> and I, I don't mind challenging them. Like, here, I, I challenge you guys, but I have to be careful because I'm coming back next week, you know, and, I have to deal with all the emails there. It's like, okay, here's my challenge, man. This is what God's telling me. You go for it. And I encourage them to celebrate who God designed them to be. And all the while, praying, asking God, listening to his guidance. God, truly, seriously, how raw should I be? How much should I challenge? How transparent, how vulnerable should I be with them? I love this verse in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. It says, whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. You cannot hear that voice if you're not looking for it. Immediately following my first talk, a senior student raced up to me. For some advice. God, please help me. I don't know what to tell her. See, because, because the contemporary issues are intense these days. I mean, it's, we, we've all had challenges growing up. But the issues today, they're way more complicated. And I'm like, God, please tell me the right thing. Confession, confession. I turned 62 this year, and I get these invitations. I, I'm going to Georgia next week to speak to, to some students out there, and I'm thinking, God, am I still relevant to teenagers? I mean, do, do they really want to listen? I remember praying this that week, last week, in Nebraska, saying, God, really, you know, Nancy and I had some talks about it. 
wondering, like, are we really, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, we need some young people to go and talk to these people. Not, you know, we're just old grandpas and grandmas now, you know, even though we don't have any grandchildren. I was so amazed. I mean, I'm serious. I was amazed how especially the seniors embraced us. How they wanted to hear some wisdom. How they wanted to know. They shared with me their experiences. They shared with me their dreams. They shared with me their challenges. They shared with me their fears. They shared with us stuff that we would never imagine that they would, they don't hardly know us. Invited me to, to, to play with them. Right after the very first talk, we had a little dinner thing, and they were all, some of the seniors were all sitting there in a, in a circle, and I'm seeing them playing blackjack. And they're like, hey, Pastor, you want to join us? Here's what I learned. You play with them, they'll pray with you. So I played blackjack with them, and then I taught them a game called Assassin. We'll talk about that later. God blessed Nancy and I with not only his wisdom, but great opportunities to pour ourselves. There was one time when uh, we were there for the afternoon, and I noticed Nancy outside talking with this senior girl who was having some challenges, and her mom and a local pastor, and she was out there for a couple of hours in the heat talking to these people. And I thought, praise God. Got some pictures, actually. Let's put up the first picture. Um, maybe. Was it up there already? Okay, cool. So this, the, one of the first things, that girl in the red right in the front, as soon as I was uh, done uh, with the senior part, she says, hey, before we go, can we all take a pe picture with Pastor Serge? And so they all got there, and they, they all wanted to take a picture with me. Isn't that cool? So I got to take a picture with them. I said, yeah, but if you send it to me, that would be great. Then uh, the next picture. Uh, we had this worship outside. These guys up front here, by the way, have known each other since kindergarten. They told me stories. They, they have a friend that has uh, um, muscular dystrophy. He's in a wheelchair. Uh, when he turned eight, it began to be pretty obvious that he had these challenges. They take him everywhere. They, they love him. And, you know, they, they were so upset because he couldn't come to the camp. Uh, because of his disability. But let me tell you, man, they were just raving about him and what a great personality he had. And I was just like, wow, these guys just, if, if, if our church is in the hands, if the future of our church is in the hands of these guys, I am really thankful. And then, and, and they had this thing, you can't tell right now because this is a still picture, but they were singing a song called Our Great is Our God. <clears throat> and they have this tradition among these senior guys that when they sing our God, they hold each other like this, and then they begin to swing back and forth as they're singing, you know. And I was like, wow, that looks awesome. That's amazing, you know. And then uh, one, one, one afternoon, uh, we had a baptism. This young lady right here was baptized. And uh, that is, that's the chaplain uh, of the school there, one of the pastors at the church of the university there in Lincoln, and uh, just uh, an amazing experience. 
And then the very last night, I spoke on assurance of salvation. I want to tell you something uh, before we put up the next picture. Don't put it up yet. Uh, I was going to do that talk actually on Friday morning as a quick wrap-up. But I felt this intense impression. I even told Nancy, I said, I, I think i got to do this tonight. She's like, are you sure? Because, you know, no, i got to do this tonight. And I had this intense impression to do this talk that night. And that night, by the way, we had not only the seniors, but we had about 70 other students from 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. There was, you could hear a pin drop. You could hear a cricket in that room. Except for the pastor who just kept amening everything I was saying. It was so awesome. And I just knew. And then they sang, Our Great is Our God again. And as they're singing that song, right, the seniors are up front doing this thing. And one of them says, hey, Pastor Serge, come here. So the next picture is me being part of the group, going back and forth saying, God, please protect my back. This is awesome. Yes, I love this, God, but please, you know. I'm finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what God would say. That matters. Join us next week for part two. Stand as we sing this song together. At a loss for words, and the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would say, word of God speak. 
Sometimes when I take a shower, I pretend that I'm Richard singing. Man, what a voice. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you so very much. I miss, I miss my community, Lord. I cannot wait for all these masks to be gone, for all this division to be gone, for all this stuff to be gone so that we can be together again. Help us, Lord, to know what to do, what, how to serve this community, even in the midst of all this craziness, Lord. Help us to love each other and love people in our community. May we be a beacon to those around us that Christ unites us no matter what. Help us, Lord, to shut the noises around us that we would just hear your word, your voice in our hearts. Help us, O oh Lord, to be still and to rest in your holiness. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Have an awesome, awesome, wonderful Sabbath. We'll look forward to seeing the guys tomorrow morning. For pancakes and eggs and good times. Really looking forward to that. And see you guys next week as we do part two. God bless you.